Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually, consciously living today. Here's your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, a time for us to explore yoga as a way of spiritually uh, conscious living in today's world, healthy, fulfilled, awakened living. I'm Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, and today our topic is the gift of gratitude, and we have the perfect guest to be talking um, with us about gratitude today, Mae McCarthy, who has a beautiful book called The Gratitude Formula, a seven-step success system to create a life that you love. It's a beautiful book. She's a beautiful person. Uh, she is the co-founder of several successful multi-million dollar companies, and she's an international speaker. Um, she is known as an angel investor and is the author of several books, including the one we're looking at today, This Gratitude Formula. And she offers workshops, retreats, and executive consulting to individuals, organizations, and companies um, who want to experience greater success, happiness, and freedom. She also hosts a weekly program on this network um, called Abundance Inc. And you can listen to her program on Fridays at 11 a.m. or subscribe and hear it anytime you like. Her websites are maymccarthy.com and Bizzoltz, B-I-Z-Z-U-L-T-Z dot com. Welcome, May. I'm so delighted to be having a conversation with you again. Oh, thank you so much. I'm delighted to be on your show. I love your show. Thank you. Um, so as we begin our conversation about gratitude, let's just take a moment um, to practice gratitude in an opening meditation. Just take a good deep breath in and let it out. And one more breath in. And let it out. And as we consciously connect to our breaths, let that breath also connect us to the life of all that is. One life, one power, one presence that surrounds us and indwells us the life of our life, the breath of our breath. We live and move and have our being in that. 
So in this moment, let us simply be aware of our larger true life, our divine life, and begin to be aware of the blessings of being awake, aware, alive on this day. So you might even, if it's convenient for you, take a moment and bring your hands to your heart center and just hold them there at your heart and feel your breath in and your breath out. Thank you. Thank you, God, for this life, for this day, for the infinite possibilities that are arising in each moment. Thank you for the gifts that I have been given, for the divine ideas that come to me, for all of the resources that are so abundant in this life. So with the next breath, simply dive into the ocean and be aware of the stillness within the divine power, the divine peace within you. And let us inwardly agree to share that peace with all that we meet today. And as you're ready, bring your attention back to mind and body, but carry with you that feeling of gratitude. It's a new day. It's a new life of infinite possibility awaiting us. Peace, peace, peace. Well, may this um, topic of gratitude, of course, is one that um, is such a delight to talk about. You know, I think so many of us can feel um, in our world today that, you know, we kind of have one um, difficulty after another, you know, um, nationally, internationally, perhaps even interpersonally coming our way. And so a gratitude practice is kind of like a life raft, I think, in the midst of um, turmoil. And so it's a beautiful practice to help um, bring a sense of well-being, even as things move and change and there can be turmoil around us. So what inspired you to have this focus and to teach about gratitude? Oh, thank you for asking that question. Gratitude to me ends up doing a couple things. First of all, lots and lots of studies have shown that when we choose to be grateful, and it is a choice, we don't just feel grateful. 
gratitude is not a feeling. Gratitude is a choice. Now, it may result in feeling happy and peaceful and things like that, but it's really a choice that we make. And what happens is we end up, whatever we're focusing that gratitude on tends to grow in size. We tend to experience and notice more of it when we put gratitude statements around it. The other studies have shown that when we choose to be grateful, we tend to live happier, healthier lives with, with greater sense of peace and well-being. So there's a number of health benefits in using gratitude, but there's also this idea that gratitude also magnetizes you. And I first experienced that in when I was about 19 years old, where I would get so excited with all of my sales employees when we would meet our goals. And we'd be so grateful and we'd jump up and down and it was terrific. And I don't know what it was. Uh, I, could, I didn't have a, a name for it then. Now I know it's the divine through intuition, but I had this strong thought to start putting gratitude on the goals that we had, but to word them as though they were already complete. That same kind of experience, that same kind of statement after we achieved our goals, I started to use gratitude with statements like that before we achieved our goals. And what it tended to do was magnetize all of us and fill us with this sense of excitement and passion and we easily, we had great fun and joy in actually realizing our goals. We had all sorts of innovative and creative ideas that showed up through, my, through our connections to the divine to take action in really creative and innovative ways that assured us that we would achieve our goals. So that's when I first understood that connection um, of yeah. gratitude and and uh, how it helps me in life. Yes, you have done some um, really beautiful work with connecting, you know, gratitude with success, you know, as you have just described. And, you know, in the teachings of yoga, we, we look at, um, you know, various mind states and what comes out of that. And, so, you know, one of the things that we do, of course, with the gratitude practice, as you've just described in that very practical example, which is, by the way, what I love about your work, you know, it's so practical, you know, this, in, and even in this book, you have your seven step uh, system for people, which, uh, you know, I think it's just helpful when you, when you have like, okay, I'm going to start here and I'm going to do this. But um, so in, in the teachings of yoga, one of the things that we're doing that is very similar to this is um, changing the mind, the mindset, you know, from lack um, to abundance uh, in, in, a, in the sense of letting go of all of this um, striving after uh, something in order to experience our own fullness, our own completeness, um, our own sense of well-being. And so, you know, we look at how important it is to start there, you know, to really be aware of our own innate 
um, fullness. And so when I hear you talk about this formula that, that you began, you know, very early on looking at, well, what happens, you know, if we just start with gratitude for, for, um, achieving, um, our goals in life, you know, and then finding that, um, it was so much more pleasant, you know, than the mind state of always, um, striving after something, Um, because of course, you know, even when we reach our goals, then the next thing is, well, we set another goal, right? That's right. That's right. We always set another goal. And what, what's interesting to me is, um, I, as you mentioned in the introduction, I, I travel to lots of different places and speak and teach, and I find a lot of people in states of stress where they feel they just don't have enough time to do everything. And undoubtedly, a great spiritual practice is meditation and another is yoga. And often the two can even go together. And the the desire, I wish I had enough time to be able to incorporate meditation and yoga into my life, but I'm so busy. I hear that a lot. And so what I ask people to do is use gratitude statements that that promote a balance and a abundance of time available to live a whole healthy and complete and balanced life. So they might say something like, I'm so grateful that I am always filled with energy and vitality in my physically fit, healthy, whole and complete body. I always have enough time for myself and my spiritual practice to complete my work and and be an integral part of my company and to enjoy life with my family and friends. I am completely balanced with an abundance amount of, a, abundant amount of time. So they might start using some statements like that and it may just happen that they start to shift their schedule without really even knowing it so that they are living that balanced whole and complete life. Yeah, I was thinking about, um, there's a quote attributed to Paramahansa Yogananda, who said, you know, don't ever say that you're tired. <laughs> and because, um, you know, he, he was talking about the same thing that you're talking about, which is, you, you know, we're speaking, really, our, our words are always an affirmation. And so even if you feel tired, you know, then just rest, but don't perpetuate this uh, idea, this belief that, that you're tired. And, um, and I'm chuckling a little bit because I know that, you know, every once in a while you ever have somebody say to you, Oh, you know, you look so tired. (laughs) And and (laughs) if, if you weren't feeling tired, then, you know, all of a sudden you do, you can just feel the energy drain right out of you. Um, as opposed to somebody saying, wow, you know, um, you look so rested and, and vital. And, you know, that happened to me yesterday. I've been traveling a lot and I had my, uh, my first uh, time back at the center with our staff. And one of the um, people said to me, wow, you know, you look so vibrant and rested and you've been traveling so much, you know, and all of a sudden I just felt, you know, like I, I was just sitting up straighter and <laughs> it was just great. And so, you know, we certainly can have those conversations with ourselves, and, and I try to really pay attention to that. Um, because as you say, it, it magnetizes towards you 
not only outwardly, but inwardly, you know, what's happening in our body mind uh, when we have these conversations, you know, I'm uh, too busy, I don't have enough time, um, you know, we can begin to shift that conversation and the experience that goes along with it. That's absolutely right. Our words are so powerful. When we declare something, we are sending energy out into the universe and the universe will deliver whatever we're putting out there. So if we start using words like I am tired or even words, you know, there's lots of people that use phrases that they really think are supporting a goal. I remember I had a salesperson that worked for me in one of my companies and she was always last on the rung of salespeople. She delivered and produced the least amount of sales. And I knew she had it in her. I, I just knew she had it in her to, to be great. So I called her up and I said I wanted to come out to San Diego and work with her and, and ride along to some customer appointments. And she was a little concerned because usually CEOs of companies don't ride along with just salespeople. You know, there's three different levels of management in between. But I knew she had it in her. So I, I flew out there and we went to some appointments and I started hearing things like, I hope I'm not late for the appointment and make a bad impression. And I hope I can um, articulate the value proposition and, and not confuse the customer so that we lose the business to the competition. Now, she thought she was saying, I hope I'm on time. But that's not the word that she used. What she used was, I hope I'm not late. And I hope I don't make a bad impression. And I hope I don't lose the sale. Now, our subconscious and this wonderful universal law of, you know, balance ends up saying that whatever we put out there will receive back. So her subconscious doesn't notice the negatives. Her subconscious just made a picture, a mental picture of being late making a bad impression, and losing the business to competition. And we do that in our personal lives as well. We say, I'm tired, or I wish I wasn't so tired, thinking that we are saying, I wish I was vibrant and healthy <laughs> and energetic. So mm -hmm. I worked with her, and we shifted her words to things like, I'm so grateful that I'm always early or on time for my appointments. I speak very plainly and share the value of our products and services with customers and they understand fully and we facilitate fair exchanges of value. And we are always thriving and prospering as we partner together to, to help the customer improve patient safety at hospitals and to thrive and prosper in our company. I love my job. As she started... <laughs> As she started to shift her words, it was about six months later, she was the top salesperson in our company. Mm. And, you know, of course, it, as I listen to you, I, I can also hear, um, you know, the the objections that come up, you know, like, well, how, how can I say any of that when it really is not um the truth, the factual truth, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like I, I'm, I'm at the bottom of the rung. Um, I'm, I, I have not yet shown up on time. Um, so, you know, I, I totally understand about making the change from the inside out, but I know that's a common objection. It, you know, people often feel like, well, that's just kind of Pollyanna, isn't it? To just say, um, 
you know, what is, is not yet manifest. Right. Well, you know, I, that, and that's one of the things that I point out in the gratitude formula book. I remark to people that success is a system. It's not a secret reserved for only a few people. And success does not necessarily mean um, just a financial success or a business success. It's success in health. It's success in uh, well-being. So what I tell people when they say this is difficult, I remind them that it was difficult to learn how to type on that crazy keyboard that's not even in alphabetical order. And it's, it was difficult to learn how to ride a bike. And it was difficult to learn how to drive and to read. We had to sound out every single little tiny letter and really struggle to put it into a word and then a sentence and a paragraph and a story. But what we did was we used repetition to as part of our practice daily, and we did something else. We looked at stories and met and talked to people who had already achieved what we want. That's why you're such a valuable teacher, Ellen, is that you are an example of what people can become who have a goal to really understand and implement yoga into their lives. So mm -hmm. repetition reaps rewards and making what you want familiar and welcome are the two keys to achieving whatever it is that you want. So that's what I usually tell people when they say it feels weird to say <laughs> that they've achieved something mm -hmm. in advance. Mm -hmm. it, it, it won't feel weird after they practice it a while. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I agree. And, you know, just like I was saying a few minutes ago, I, I noticed in my own practice that just what a difference it can make energetically, you know, if I attend to changing, you know, negative thoughts about myself, about my day, you know, about what's um, before me. And uh, you have a wonderful uh, teaching in your book about the way that you start your day with a very important meeting. So can you tell us about that? I sure can. So in the gratitude formula, there are seven steps. The first step are the seven steps from my first book, which is the path to wealth, which is a daily practice. So what I ask people to do is to recognize that whatever they put into their subconscious, whatever they program into their brain first thing in the morning is very, very important because they're going to notice evidence of that all day long. So if they roll over and pick up their cell phones and look at social media or they turn on the news or they read the newspaper, then all of those things are going to be programmed into their brain and they'll notice evidence of whatever they read or saw or heard um, throughout the day. I, I yeah. want to just interrupt right there and say <laughs> thank you. Thank you, May, because that is one of the best um, ways I have heard um, to support us not going to news and social media first thing in the morning. Um, you know, everybody is told not to do that, but 
you know, most people do it. And so what you have just said in terms of how that sets the trajectory for our day and what is going to be in our mind and what we're noticing is one of the most powerful um, deterrents I have heard. So thank you. Excuse my interruption, but I really wanted to just underline that because that was great. Yeah. So, so if you, if you don't program your subconscious mind yourself, then others through all those mediums will program it for you. So why not set aside 25, 30 minutes every single morning first thing and have a meeting with that inner wisdom within you with, with, with the divine. And I happen to give a title, a business title to my spiritual partner, God, spirit, divine intelligence. And that title is chief spiritual officer. You know, I surround myself at work with a chief financial officer, a chief operations officer, and so on. These are subject matter experts who know more than I know about their areas of expertise. And so I figured that spirit, God, the divine knows way more than I do (laughs) about everything. So I brought it into my business and uh, call it the chief spiritual officer So have a morning meeting with that inner wisdom, with yourself, where you tap into that divine and do four things in that 25 to 30 minutes. The first is to read for five to 10 minutes, something inspirational. When you read stories about ordinary people having extraordinary experiences, achieving, you know, wonderful outcomes as a result of this, this connection to the divine, that connection to that inner wisdom, then you start to believe that if they could do it, you can do it. The second thing is to write out a gratitude letter. And I write mine, you know, with uh, words like, you know, dear CSO, dear God, dear spirit, dear intelligence, dear universe. Uh, Thank you for a great sleep. And then go on from there and be grateful for the things that you have in your life. And then also Be grateful for the things that you desire in your life, but word those desires as though you've already achieved them. So instead of saying, I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to be debt free, because if your goal is to be wanting, you never quite reach it. You're always in a state of wanting. So you want to describe it as I'm so grateful that I'm whole, healthy, and complete, and balanced, and strong, in a pain-free body that is physically fit, and easily moves through life with grace and ease. Mm -hmm. Something like that, where you're describing it as though it's already done, and you should describe your life, your goals, in six areas of your life, you know, your, your finances, your work or use of skills and talents, your relationships, your recreation, your um, spiritual connection, and also your, there's a sixth one there, <laughs> and it's escaping me right now, but it has to do, it has to do with what, what you absolutely love to, your health, your health, the most important thing, your health. Mm-hmm. That's the sixth one. So have a goal statement, a gratitude statement about what you want the outcome to be in each of those areas. Yes. Then clo- close your letter. Yep. 
we're we're going to um, come back to this letter and to this morning practice in just a few minutes. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest Mae McCarthy, host of the Unity FM program Abundance Inc. on Fridays at 11. And this is Yogacharya O'Brien. And we look forward to being right back with you talking more. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, living the eternal way with your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. And here today, uh, we're talking with international speaker, consultant, and trainer, May McCarthy. And we're drawing great practical tools for abundant living, spiritually awakened living from her book, The Gratitude Formula, Seven Step Success System to Create a Life That You Love. And we've been talking about um, the steps that she puts forth uh, with for a morning practice, like how to start the day and... Um, she she has articulated that the great thing to do, um, which of course is what we also practice with uh, yoga, which is to start the day with God. You know, however you think of God, and uh, May has articulated that as meeting with her chief spiritual officer, and then you know describing. Uh, the completed goals with gratitude looking for, and it's a way of like mm, clarifying intentions, I think for the day ahead, but seeing them uh, complete rather than uh, like a carrot that's always stretching out in front. It's a, a wonderful way to begin. So that was the first step may. And then can you bring us along? Like what happens after you have that meeting or anything else you want to say about that morning meeting? Well, sure. So as soon as you finish that step two, you, you finish writing. Then the third step is to take five minutes and read what you wrote out loud. Speak it out loud because it'll anchor the meaning more fully within you. And you'll also have the benefit of hearing your own words to make sure you're using the right powerful words as opposed to words like the example of my salesperson. You know, sometimes we speak like that and we don't even notice it. So um, speak it out loud. And then for the final part of the morning meeting, pick one of your goals and sit quietly, close your eyes, breathe deeply, and start to see yourself in that completed goal. If it's a vibrant, healthy body, see yourself in that vibrant, healthy body, maybe going to a yoga class, maybe uh, taking a hike with your friends and family, walking uh, into your office in a, in a new outfit and feeling really, really healthy and free. So see yourself and feel what that's like in that completed goal. And that is it for the day. You then go get ready for your normal day's activities. And throughout the day, expect and watch for strong thoughts um, that might come to you out of the blue, maybe uh, feelings in your gut that are telling you to go somewhere, do something or not to do something. Maybe uh, somebody has something to that they mentioned to you and it resonates with you. But any of those things may be intuitive guidance from the divine that you're to take some sort of action. If you feel comfortable, take the action. If not, 
Just ask your spiritual partner for another lead and you will get one if it's something that you're meant to do. And then if you do take a step, celebrate. Find somebody who ha- that's like-minded that you can count on to be a celebration partner. When you celebrate together, what it does is reinforce that you are a conduit for the divine to work through, that you do get an opportunity to receive guidance so that you can manifest the goals that you have in your life. So celebrating is a wonderful way to reinforce what you're doing and prove to you that it's working fine. And then finally, at the, when right before you go to bed, that's step seven. Step seven is two parts. Right before you go to bed, you want to just think of two or three things that happened during the day. It doesn't really matter. You don't have to look at notes, but just issue some gratitude statements out loud. That will help you sleep better. And the second part is to read a forgiveness prayer that forgives everyone and anything from your past or present, and it also forgives yourself. And if anybody wants to have a copy of that forgiveness prayer, they can certainly contact me through maymccarthy.com, but it's also available in both of my books. And that's it. And then you have a really restful sleep, and you wake up the next morning and do it all again. Mm, that um, concluding practice that you, that you have... Um, reminds me of a um, practice that was put forth by a sister, Gyana Mata, who is a disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda, known as a very spiritually advanced woman. And she said her practice that, you know, during the day was to accept everything as coming to her from God. And that at night, it was releasing everything back into God's hands. And so it's this beautiful flow of feeling that you're anchored in this divine life, that you're uh, being supported, that you're being guided, um, and that you're um, not separate from the source, but you're living in it. And um, it, and so you, you take um, this perspective of noticing, you know, all of this um, divine support coming to you in various ways um, that is is helping to guide you, you know, on your path of um, prosperous, healthy, you know, living. And then at night, you know, that practice of releasing and letting go that is so important um, as well. I love that too. I, I especially like the forgiveness practice. And when I'm in, in business settings or, or teaching workshops, one of the things that I do is hold up a, a bottle of water that's completely full. And I ask people to if I can put any more water into this bottle. And everybody says, no, it's already full. You can't put any more water into it. And I said, exactly. And if you're filled up like this bottle of water and some of what you're filled with includes things that are not serving you, like unforgiveness, anger, jealousy, pain, you know, anything that, that, that may be not serving you, then you can have no room to receive the good things that you're describing in your daily practice. You have to release all of those things in order to have room to receive. 
Yes, beautiful. Making space, <laughs> making space in our heart, in our mind, and really um, in the body too, because these gratitude practices, these affirmative statements that we're talking about um, also takes into consideration the body-mind connection. So, you know, it is it is better for our health. You know, you can just notice when you are able to practice letting go, forgiving, um, that the body will release and relax. And so that body-mind connection is so integral, of course, to our health and our well-being and our sense of, of energy being freed up um, to do uh, what we're here to do. I had a situation um, that I was working with and which I was just fussing about. You know, I just didn't, I didn't like what somebody was doing. <laughs> you know, that happens sometimes and um, how it was affecting me. And I had, so I, I just took this, um, sort of opened myself up to this perspective that, um, I could accept full responsibility for my life and which included, you know, everything that was coming my way. And, um, it was such an interesting releasing shift. Um, so it wasn't, you know, sometimes people confuse responsibility with blame and that doesn't feel very good, but this was just an empowering shift of, you know, I can accept um, full responsibility for my life. And then that empowered me to be grateful for everything that was happening because I knew, um, even though in this particular situation, I didn't like it, <laughs> I was still being guided toward my highest good and toward my ultimate freedom. But I had to accept it and I had to step into it. Does that make sense, May? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think I had mentioned to you that that I participate in uh, New Thought teachings. And one of the classes that I took was actually titled Self-Mastery. And in Self-Mastery, we have to get to the point where we look at any situation and determine what is our part in that. And, and uh, I think I, before the show started, I mentioned to you that, that I had kind of a weird little accident and fractured my arm. And, I, and I, that was the first place that I went after I <laughs> subsided the pain, you know, was able to control the pain and, and get a diagnosis. But I started to contemplate what was my part in that. And the words that I used to describe my accident were overloaded off balance. Mm -hmm. And, uh, which, you know, was an indicator that perhaps my life was a little overloaded and off balance. But then about two weeks after the event, I remembered so my husband was working on a very, very difficult project, uh, a scholastic project that was supposed to complete, you know, maybe at the end of July. And in February, I knew how much stress he was under every time we'd have a vacation and he wasn't able to work on his project. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want him to be stressed out anymore. So I declared in February, over and over and over again, February through August, I declared, I'm not going to schedule any vacations for us so that you won't get stressed out and you'll have ample amount of time to complete your mm -hmm. project. Mm -hmm. And I did 
And I did this with love. Mm -hmm. And I said it over and over again. When he'd forward to me an email about a vacation, I would remind him that I'm not going to schedule anything because I love him and I don't want him to be stressed out. And there'll be lots of time for vacations after. Mm. Well, I had forgotten that I had said that repeatedly. And what ended up happening is I scheduled a family reunion on August 4th. On August 3rd, I had my accident. And so mm. we, we weren't able to go to the family reunion. My husband hadn't completed his project yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had an accident, so we weren't able to go. Mm. So I thought, you know, that was my part in it. Did I cause it? Well, perhaps I had a part because I really do believe that our words hold power. What I should have done was when it looked like he wasn't going to be done in July, I should have shifted my words to allow us to have a wonderful time at the family reunion and him having ample time and peace to be able to complete his project. But I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, it's, um, I think the main thing is this looking at the connection between our thoughts, our speech and our experience. Um, it's important to be able to hold that in an empowering way. Um, And I found in this situation that I described, you know, that um, I really uh, just had shifted out of being a victim, you know, like somebody was doing something and it was affecting me and I didn't like it. And my, my change uh, towards accepting responsibility um, for what I was experiencing in my life, um, freed me up, you know, to, to have a sense of empowerment and also, um, compassion, um, for the way that, that things were unfolding, you know, in this other person's life. And so, um, I think it's just important, um, for us as we do this inner work, you know, to be able to explore with compassion and with curiosity, you know, my spiritual teacher, um, Roy Eugene Davis had a beautiful way of saying, you know, explore, um, you know, kind of explore your thoughts, your thinking, your beliefs with, you know, compassionate curiosity. Isn't that lovely? It's, and it's quite different from, you know, what did I do wrong here? (laughs) You know, how did I mess this up? Um, what's wrong with me or what's wrong with the other person. It's just like compassionate curiosity for, um, you know, what we're experiencing, how things are unfolding. And, um, you know, there's so many positive questions we can ask. And, you know, as our focus this morning, you know, what, what is, uh, what can I be grateful for in this moment, you know, in this experience? And, um, that is always, you know, of course, uh, a powerful thing. My, my husband and I have a practice of, you know, every, uh, Friday night, um, we practice, uh, we have a Sabbath, Sabbath, uh, practice that we light candles and offer prayers. And, um, part of the prayer process that we have is saying what we're grateful for, um, that occurred that week. So, you know, we've been doing that for many, many years and, um, and if, I'm traveling, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, get on the phone and offer our prayers and our gratitude for things in our life, um, that came to us that week. 
I love that. And, and, it, and it magnetizes you and provides you with really, really great sleep and great health and well-being benefits as well. <laughs> yes. You know, it's interesting that I love that phrase that your teacher uh, taught you about compassionate curiosity, because when I when I had that revelation that perhaps my words played a part, because I really do believe, in fact, the second step in the gratitude formula process is is all about words, you know, creating powerful word statements, but staying present and in the moment is also very, very important, as I um had given in my example of my arm, you know, I, I, when you're flying so fast and you're, you're overloaded and unbalanced, um, you can sometimes not be present, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking about all of the obligations that are ahead of you and not be present. And in that present, sweet and wonderful moment, you know, all of the, all that you need to know is revealed to you. And so that, that curious um, curiosity and compassion, when I finally realized, you know, what was my part in all of this, it was not a condemnation thing at all. It was a, wow, okay, I can see this. Um, it proves what I believe the laws are of the universe. And yeah, it, it's going to take a little time for my arm to heal, but that's okay. You know, I'll be back and healthy. I am healthy. I'm extremely healthy. And this is just a, um, a time where I can... Um, heal. And that will be great. That will be just great. So it, it wasn't a condemnation thing by any means, but using, using the right words and also choosing one of the other things about uh, the practice I talk about in the gratitude formula is I, I often hear from people who feel very stressed out because they've said yes to others requests to do things that mm. really aren't Aren't there fun? Have you ever? And, and maybe too, and like, maybe too many of those requests too. <laughs> yeah. And so what ends up happening is they, they build up some resentment. They maybe get a little stressed out. They feel taken advantage of sometimes. And, and of course, there's not enough time to focus on what their goals are. And so in, my, in the gratitude formula, I do ask people as part of step three, to really choose goals that are right for them and know that everyone can do and accomplish what they need to have accomplished. You don't always have to say yes mm-hmm. if it's not yours to do. Yeah. And that, you know, there's a beautiful scripture, right? That says, you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And um, that is such a powerful practice Mm -hmm. um, when we're looking at that connection between uh, thought, speech, action, and empowerment, empowered living. And in the Yoga Sutra, there is um, a a promise, uh, one of the um, yamas that says, which is the restraints and that has to do with speech. And it, and it says basically as a promise that that person who is established in truthfulness experiences the power of their word is able to manifest their word. And that is because there's no interference between, um, you know, thinking and feeling one thing and saying another 
um, or somehow being out of integrity with your deep truth. So this conversation we've been having, of course, is about how do we come into harmony with our deepest truth and um, put that all in alignment, you know, with, with what is true about us at the soul level of our being and our connection with the infinite. How do we think thoughts in harmony with that and speak words in harmony with that and then begin to live in harmony with that. Because anytime that we're saying one thing, but thinking another or feeling another, then it's like, um, you know, an interference with that flow of a divine power and grace in our lives. Yeah, that that's so true. That is so true. Um, to go along with that, um, what I ask people to recognize also in the gratitude formula for the fourth step is how is to recognize how their brain works because they can sometimes, if they're declaring that something is now completed and they're feeling like a fraud, I call that the fraud factor because they know it's not true. They don't believe that what they're declaring is done is even possible. So they they give up on those goals because they don't notice that the divine is giving them any intuitive directions. And the way I explain that process is that their brain remembers all of the times they've had goals in the past that they didn't achieve and how disappointed they were. And their brain loves them. Brain just loves them and doesn't want them to be disappointed. So if you have, if that person has a goal that they don't believe is possible, the brain is going to put those intuitive messages on mute as an act to protect them. So what the person has to do is elevate their belief system, shift their belief system to one of possibility so that they at least believe that achieving something is possible. They may not know how, and that's God's part. God will give the person the path. But they have to do their part, which is to at least shift their beliefs to be on par with what it is that they would like as an outcome. So if, if someone is, had been told all of their life, I have one friend of mine, she was told all of her life that she was going to have diabetes ever since she was a little kid. Her whole family history, parents, grandparents, and even oldest sibling, all diagnosed with diabetes. And it was just a matter of time before she got it. That was her belief system, but she was declaring that she was whole, healthy, and complete, and every cell operating in the perfection of God's design. She felt like a fraud. So what she had to do, in addition to her daily practice, was go out and meet people who had changed their health habits, who had created incredibly healthy lives and avoided diagnosis of diabetes. And as she did that, she started to meet other people. She shifted her beliefs to possibility so that spirit now had an opportunity to work and guide her to a really healthy body. And I'm happy to say that she has passed um, several years have gone by and she is healthier than she's ever been. And her doctor said, there's no reason she'll ever be diagnosed with diabetes. Mm, that's a wonderful example of, um, 
just changing our mind, but also understanding that it's so helpful to surround ourselves um, with support, you know, with positive people, positive ideas and examples of, you know, what it is that we're reaching for. I mean, that's one of the values of a spiritual community and of gathering, excuse me, in spiritual community is that you, you know, have the opportunity to be with people of a similar mindset and also to practice together and to, um, be with people who are prioritizing um, these uh, spiritual values in their life. So you know you're not um, alone and you don't have to um, carry on with uh, family traditions or cultural traditions or beliefs that no longer serve you. So, you know, part of that is creating a community around you, um, coming into a community that is supportive of a spiritually conscious way of living. I couldn't agree more. I, I wholeheartedly believe that you need to have people around you that that are like minded, that that you can lean on sometimes and who you can be available to have them lean on you. Um, it, it, that support is so vital and valuable. I think there's a, uh, you mentioned scripture earlier and there was a, a scripture that I always loved, which was, and I can't name it, but I believe it was from Psalms and it talks about, you know, a man who isolates himself rages against all wisdom. We need to have others around us, um, mm. so we can talk to them and, and be supported by them. Mm. And see the example of um, the changes that people have in their lives as they, you know, begin to really put these principles into practice. Um, You know, we have just another minute together. And so I want to offer that minute to you, May, for any um, sort of final advice of wisdom, inspiration you might offer our listeners today about living with gratitude. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. I've so enjoyed being on the show. I The, the final thing I'd like to say is something I, I touched on earlier, and that is that everyone is so powerful. They've already proved how powerful they are. They, they learn to read. They learn to ride a bike. They learn to drive a car. They learn to type on a keyboard. Uh, they learned all of these things in life. They learned their profession. They, they've learned things, but they weren't perfect the first time out of the box. What they had to do was be disciplined and put the time in to practice. And they had to notice other people achieving what they wanted. When they align those two things together, they will be successful in any area of their life. Mm, that sounds like a blessing, May. And thank you so much for offering that and and for joining me this morning um, to speak about gratitude. I, I want to um, remind the listeners that your book is The Gratitude Formula, a seven-step success system to create a life that you love. And you can find out more about that um, book and about May's work at maymccarthy.com or results.com. Thanks for joining me on the Yoga Hour. Uh, You can find out more about Center for Spiritual Enlightenment at csecenter.com. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. 
Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. 